welcome everybody to Awkward Conversations with Sky and Paul. I'm Sky and I am Paul. That's right. And this is our awkward introduction to our first <laughs> very episode of our podcast. Um, since this is the very first episode, we definitely wanted to kick it off with a little bit of introduction. So you, uh, you know, give the sense to, to the viewer who we are. Uh, so my name is Sky Shows, and that is my real name. Uh, I am a uh, a gaming industry professional turned podcaster now, apparently, because I love to talk. And unfortunately, other people don't like to listen. So I came to find people who will on this podcast. My interests include pretty much anything and everything, nerd, geek, or whatever. Um, very much focused around entertainment, Star Wars, Star Trek, Marvel, doesn't matter. Love them all. And uh, definitely has always been centered around video games. And I, I just wanted to make it the industry that I was a part of. And I kind of grew into a, a, like a marketing role. And that's, uh, that's where I am now as an influencer marketing manager for a, a, a marketing agency. Paul, hey. tell us about yourself. What an intro. How am I supposed to come up with that? All right. <laughs> My name yeah, is Paul. <laughs> My name is Paul. And I am a uh, content manager slash visual editor for a couple YouTubers and online Twitch influencers. And my interests uh, involve just making random graphics, uh, editing small memes on Twitter, and uh, sometimes trying to have conversations with other individuals, and then realizing that I'm extremely uncomfortable, and then usually just awkwardly walk away. But um, I like video games a lot, and I'm super excited to be a part of this awesome, awesome podcast called Awkward Conversations. As you can clearly see, we are both extremely awkward, so it's going to work out That's perfectly, fine. you know what I mean? <laughs> Fitting. Best friends in the making. <laughs> so anyway, guys, welcome. This is our first episode. As you guys know, um, we just introduced yourself and we're going to talk about basically anything. This podcast is solely about video games, movies, entertainment, geek, anything related with the whole geek fandom. Um, it's been a while since we talked about starting this podcast, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, we uh, definitely just bringing some context behind it. We were playing WoW Classic. I remember I was leveling my turret. Oh my gosh, Baron, I remember this, yes. <laughs> there was some dude just being a dumb shit uh, and just like spouting enough nonsense that I'm like, no, oh I'm going to educate this guy right now. I am really going to like lay down some like knowledge and like call him out for his like obvious biased bullshit. And yeah, it just kind of turns into like a really fun conversation where the guy just clearly knew he was wrong but was still defending himself all the way through. But anyway, um, it just kind of went into a conversation of like, hey, this was, this was fun. What if we recorded this and maybe people would listen? That's still the it has an unproven question mark at the end of it because you know here we are. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and kind of going off of what Paul said, we have a lot of interests um, that we want to focus on. We're very uh, this, opinionated. Yes, and this very first episode is definitely something that's going to be opinionated because we have a lot of things to talk about, mostly about BlizzCon. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So BlizzCon is going to be the number one focus for this. Uh, hopefully, you saw that in the podcast description. So it's no surprise. But I mean, everything that happened on BlizzCon this last weekend was either amazing or not, or somewhere in between, depending on who you are. And there's just been a lot of uh, either outcry or celebration for it. And so I think there's a lot to talk about. Uh, other than that, you know, I think we also wanted to talk about some industry news just because, you know, we're so both closely related to like Twitch, Mixer and all that. And there's some platform wars that are going on right yes, now. Yes, that's like the hot so, topic of it right now, isn't it? Yeah, there, there's going to be a lot of hot topics today. So, yeah, definitely a lot of it. <laughs> so awkward but, uh, saying hot topics. Hot topics. <laughs> 
Oh, this, is actually, this podcast is actually sponsored by Hot Topic. <laughs> no, uh, don't say that. No, it's not. No, it's, it's not. not. It's not. It's not actually. But oh gosh, oh gosh. All right, all right, all right. You can cut that out if you really want. No, to. no, I'm not. I'm not gonna great. cut that. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not gonna cut anything out. This is just gonna go upload like direct raw footage because I want people to know how professional and legit we are. You know what I'm saying? High caliber. Anyway, <laughs> let's jump into the first topic. I'm going to go ahead and introduce it. So obviously we, we said we're going to talk about BlizzCon. Yes. There was a whole lot of releases today, and you cannot talk about anything that BlizzCon without first talking about the major news of Diablo 4. <laughs> now, I got to tell you, I did not give a shit about what Diablo 4. What the that's the first hot take. That's the first hot take. You suck. I'm done. Here's the thing. Diablo 1, great game. Diablo 2, wonderful game. Perfect game. Diablo 3, I, I'm not even sure if I wanted to call it a Diablo game, but I, I took a step back and said, hey, maybe maybe, maybe I just grew up and I'm not like currently into this style of game anymore because I can't sink 40 hours into it. I don't know. And maybe it's just my opinion. So you have However, like one bad experience with Diablo and then you don't care about the rest of the Diablo franchise? I mean, w- I, one bad experience. I mean, it just shows a clear direction if they're taking the game this way. However, you know, let's 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 prioritize what about Diablo 4 we're going to talk about. Because right. there are good and bad and then in my opinion there was some ugly. The <laughs> yeah, first yeah, thing for sure, for sure. The first thing was definitely the trailer. Now, I and well, I'm going to ask you a second, Paul, cuz I know that you're a huge Diablo guy. I am. I am. But but for me, the trailer was something that I was like, I don't know what what the hell is happening. Oh, I but hate at the you same so much. time but at the same time, I thought this was cool shit. Okay. But that just kind of reinforces my idea that hey, there should be more high caliber, high quality, uh, you know, video mm-hmm. game style stuff to talk about you know like uh and 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 movies and and tv shows and maybe that could fit into like a a future production but just in terms of in in history of how these trailers have turned into good games i'm skeptical but i will tell you that like just the dark and like really like dreary and and kind of creepy vibe to this whole thing and all the slaughtering man i thought it was a really great trailer however I had no idea what was going on. I don't know who Lilith is. Apparently, she was the uh, the summoned person at the end. So, I'm going to ask for a little bit of a history lesson. Paul, who the fuck is Lilith? So, I don't fully know because I can't <laughs> remember because Diablo was made like Diablo one and two was like made when I was like in high school, and I okay. can't remember. But I will tell you, um, I believe Lilith is the daughter of hatred or one of the prime evils or one of the evils and basically she in the lore they're saying she is like the mother of sanctuary if you don't know what sanctuary is sanctuary was like the main base for all diablo games it was like supposed to be the safe haven for both demons and angels together so she's supposed to have been the creator of that so that indicates like there's some good and evil probably just evil but like there's something connected with sanctuary with lilith you know now okay i will tell you my uh, like first opinion on Diablo 4 intro was like I was on the edge of my seat I was so excited so happy and I love the fact that they went back to like this darker style like Diablo 1 and 2 versus what Diablo 3 has become and I think this is BlizzCon 2019 like in general I feel like Blizzard had a theme of like going back to its roots for all their games 
Now, obviously, we're going to talk about that later, but for Diablo, there are so many feature changes to this game that basically screams Diablo 1 and 2 and not 3. So this is basically what Diablo 3 should have been, you know what I mean? And and at least from someone from my perspective, like, that's great news for me because, again, like, I really liked the, the roguelike style of D1 and D2 where you're, like, you're lucky if you have someone by your side that you're going through it versus Diablo 3, it was like, hey, let's just, like, grind until we beat the game then we'll try it again at a harder level and then just keep grinding through and then somehow we'll have fun in between all of that for sure i think the the most important thing is the reason why people are so excited about diablo 4 and this is of course if it ever comes out but <laughs> diablo 4 <laughs> is the fact that diablo 3 for those who don't know and haven't played it is a roguelike top-down somewhat like a mobile game but an rpg aspect of it and the re problem with diablo 3 is that it's so limited and literally i started season 18 maybe a week ago and i already beat it in one week and seasons are supposed to last like three months so there's really not that much content in diablo 3 after you beat like the first couple challenges you basically start grinding out rifts and greater rifts and all these other things just to get better set pieces and gear but that's literally all that's left over to do and like i can see why Diablo 3 kind of got get gets boring after a while because you're just basically grinding and grinding and grinding just to grind, just to grind. And then after you get a certain set piece, you use that to grind and grind and grind and grind until there's really nothing much left to grind for. Hmm. But okay. the Diablo 4 beauty of it is that Diablo 4 allows extreme customization of perks and skills. So in Diablo 3, once you hit level 70, you get all the skills and all the additional little ruins that come with every single skill. Diablo 4 is a perk system where you get points and you have to use those points specifically on certain skills and upgrade certain skills. So you're not going to get all of the abilities. You're going to customly create your own character based on how you feel you want to play. So there's okay. a lot of customization. And that was one of the beauties behind Diablo 1 and 2 is people got so smart and they're so brilliant with these customizations that they built these crazy-ass builds out of nothing. You know what I mean? While Diablo 3... You're very limited because it's like you either pick skill set A or skill set B with set A with set B. And that's pretty much it. I, I always felt like Diablo 3, and again, I only played as a barbarian, I think, or a warrior or whatever it was called. Yeah. I feel like it was more about like survival and health steal. and like, It really was. It was just like in the concept of yeah. how long can you outlast the enemy and how much damage can you do. Yeah, and so I I don't know. I feel like if I want like a Diablo experience, I want something. Um, I don't know. I I, I kind of want it like a Baldur's Gate experience, you know, where it's like me, maybe three buddies are playing along. We're going through this like dungeon. Obviously, we're trying to you know go progress through the story. Hopefully, we find some like dope loot along the way that's going to help us you know level up our abilities. But all like four characters are completely different, you know, different right. built. And we just progress through the story and then go against the odds. Where Diablo 3, it was just kind of like, hey, you're going to go in this room and there's going to be a million fucking demons in there. And all of them are going to try and kill you at once. But as long as you keep spinning and pressing 1 for chugging those health potions, you're going to go out of it just fine. And it's going to be That's pretty much the thing. summary of Diablo 3. I will say Diablo 3, it was, it's yeah. fun, but it's such a trash game. <laughs> like, it, it gets stale so quickly. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and it's... And I think maybe that's my like that's a problem for me as a player coming from like a, a deep Dungeons and Dragons background or you know single player mindsets where I'm like I'm here for the story and experiencing that story with my friends rather than just throwing my head against a wall of demons 
and trying to kill them and then moving on to the the next room to throw my head against the wall of undead to kill them like there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of reason to doing this and i'm just kind of mindlessly doing it yeah no i get that for sure and there's a lack of appeal to diablo 3 and i mean i think that's why they changed directions from Mm -hmm. what they were going with now going back to uh diablo 4 with all the new stuff but Overall, yeah. I'm I'm super excited. I, I I love the Diablo franchise, even three. As much trash talk as I give it, I I still mm-hmm. enjoy Diablo because it was one of the few first games from Blizzard that I played that allowed me to just straight up grind. You know what I mean? Like WoW yeah. is a long marathon. Diablo is more of a sprint every single couple like twenty thirty minutes, and you can take a break. So I enjoy that fast paced game style. I will say, though, there is one really, really cool point, though, with Diablo 4, and that is is their open world aspect. The game is not offline. You can't play it offline. You you can only play it online. So what's good about that? Um, I I don't know if it's good or bad. I just think it's interesting because they're really trying to take on this new MMO approach to Mm. Diablo. Um, So what it is is the story, if any area that has a specific story, is basically private zones unless you have a party. Any smaller opened areas have a certain limit cap with how many people can play at the same time. And then the cities also have a certain cap that other people can just join in randomly. like Or it's just like a random server that people join. So their zones shrink and increase based on the specific thing. Because they also have world events and world bosses that are going to pop out of nowhere. And then they have to like fight those things. And people can join in on that sense too. It creates a larger scale, if you will. So, I mean, that's going to be interesting. Okay. I, I have no idea how that's going to go. With. It, it raises a lot of questions, too, because I'm also thinking, like, is are they going to basically push people into the same kind of dungeon area? And, like, you just, like, walking through what's supposed to be a very secluded, very cut off from everything I, sewer. I think they said dungeons are going to be private. Okay. Any hmm. Anything, like, dungeons and story related are private unless you have a party. It's more okay. of, like, the open world aspect of exploring yeah. that's going to be, like, open to the public. So I don't know how that's going to be, to be honest, because I like Diablo with just me and my friends. I don't know if I want to play with other people. Well, at least going to what we do know, um, I did look a little bit into the classes, and it looks like they only have three classes announced now. Mm -hmm. Um, Barbarian, which I believe they had in the last game. Yep, they always have a Barbarian. Got it. And then Sorceress and Druid. Were they included in the last one? I don't remember either of those. So Sorcerer was a wizard. and Oh, no, there is a Sorcerer and a wizard. Or maybe okay. it wasn't a wizard. Maybe it was just a sorcerer in Diablo three. I never played them. Um, there Got was it. no druid. I think druid was Diablo two with an expansion pack, and okay. people loved the druid. I think. I can't really remember. I never played the druid, but I will say I thought the druid was like a new character mm-hmm. when I saw him. But apparently, he's not. He's a returning character. Yeah, I never played the druid in Diablo two. But he looks uh... badass. Like he can shape shift. Like, his attacks seamlessly change his form into, like, a werewolf, into a bear. Like, each attack changes him, and based on your change, it gives you different buffs that you can alter so that allows you to do, like, combo fight play styles or some stuff like that. So, I mean, that sounds really cool but hard. That's really cool. It, it, it almost seems like it's a return to the uh, the more D or sorry, Dungeons and Dragons type of druid rather than the World of Warcraft yeah, druid. Yeah, 100%. Know, like that. Yeah. Very, very big difference in the, the lore behind it, but okay i'm very well, excited I, I, to see like yeah. the lore of it as well because i don't know much about lilith either so got it and so you so with this with this more of like an mmo focus and and what's hope we're hoping to be more of a storyline focus and progressing 
in like a, a really nice longer in-depth story do you think this is going to just be another repetitive grind kind of play style or do you think it's really going to be outlaid into something that's more of a traditional d1 d2 i think it is going to be a grind but i feel like it's catered more towards the original diablo fans so the p i mean don't get me wrong the original diablo one and two fans were also grinders too so yeah. it's just the fact that with d3 the grind was like two days worth versus like months of worth you know what i mean so i i don't think diablo 4 is going to be like that big of a game as people are hoping it to be because again i don't it's just it's diablo it's not i don't think it's ever meant to be a super long gated game but i think people will enjoy it and have a lot of fun making new things i think we're going to see a lot of different people create insane builds that are going to be more open for those people who love to do that you know Got it. Uh, and I guess my last question is, when is this going to be released? Have, have they announced anything? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. I don't think yeah. there's any release date for it. I went on to the, I could be wrong, but I went on the Battle.net as well. Because, you know, they sometimes have like little release uh, release dates for the, mm -hmm. the games and stuff. But I don't think there's even a release date for Diablo 4. So this is what I've been able to collect. Um, I mean, obviously they've announced that, that Diablo 4 is going to be coming out for PC xbox one and playstation 4 yes now knowing that we are on the tail end of the uh the console life cycle yeah you know they've already they've announced xbox <laughs> starlet is it's going to be a thing in, in the next two years uh playstation 5 does that mean that they just haven't announced that it's going to be on those uh consoles and that they're just going to kind of release both at the same time because i know i remember d3 was also released on xbox 360 when it originally came out and then once xbox one came out you could port your characters to i'm gonna be real xbox with you i i think blizzard just doesn't know when they're gonna release <laughs> yeah that's my and, honest and I, opinion and knowing that like they're already trying to bring in like interns and and, and other uh type of uh career paths starting this summer i'm assuming it's at least going to be a 2021 release at yeah least. i feel like it's going to be at least 2021 i don't think it's gonna be 2020 got it well I, I you know i i think there's at least some exciting stuff for diablo 4 but it also kind of makes me wonder what happened to diablo immortal is that still happening yes they did have a panel in blizzcon oh. i didn't watch it though because i don't i don't want to like i don't <laughs> i don't care about diablo immortals um but i i think i don't know if it was you or somebody said that they might keep it because it was originally a a project in the china in china i think and then they yeah. brought it over. But I think they said they might just keep it there. I don't really know. But again, I don't care because fucked Immortals. Like, it's such a dumb thing to do, in my opinion. See, I and, and this goes into another type of conversation is, like, I remember when Bethesda, another, you know, Blizzard-type game that's constantly on the end of, like, is it a good company? Is it a shitty company? We're going to find out this week, right? And, you know, when they, were, when they announced Fallout 4, they're like, hey, by the way, Fallout 4 is coming in like a year, but you can play Fallout Shelters. It's mobile. It has nothing really to do with Fallout 4, but you're going to enjoy it just because it's a Fallout game. And that game fucking blew up. Like everyone was excited about that game just That's because shelters, one right? is Fallout Shelters. Yeah, Fallout Shelters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one is it's a completely different game. Two is they, they already announced Fallout 4 that it was coming, so people were already excited. And then just to, like, quench their thirst 
for Fallout 4 in the meantime, people played Fallout Shelter. Like, people who I knew who who weren't even gamers were just like, this game is yeah, just... Yeah, my brother like, played it. He didn't even play Fallout. My wife played it. My wife hasn't touched it's, the video It's because with here. Fallout Shelter, though, it's, it's a mobile game designed to be yeah. cute and just interactive. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's very casual, and I get that. However, I still have to think maybe if they would have said, oh, yeah, Diablo 4 is coming out soon, but in the meantime... We have some other Diablo content that you might enjoy. It's not going to replace it, but it's just going to come in in addition to it. It's called Diablo Mortal. It's a phone game. Here it is. It kind of just like this, blah, blah, blah. Hope you guys enjoy it. But hey, here's a trailer for D4. I mean, because there's no real reason other than just developing storyline that they couldn't have shown us a trailer for D4 last BlizzCon when all of this, you know. Yeah, I don't know why they waited. I I don't know why they waited until now to release uh, Diablo 4. I really don't. I have to just think it was because they were they, they're trying to plan out when they're going to announce stuff. I mean, obviously, like when you go to th- when you hear things about like E3 or Nintendo Direct and all those. I mean, they're just giant commercials. There's you know even what they put forward is very little related to what the actual game product looks like once it's released. You know, like it's just kind of there. You, you it it looks really nice, but unless the game's coming out in the next three or four, maybe even six months. Once you get it, it's going to look completely different. It's not going to have as as high quality graphics because it's not running on like their machines. Um, like even some of the major points are going to be completely different. So I like I look at um, oh god, what's what's the game that recently came out last year and it was supposed to be the biggest game to kill Destiny to kill all these other things and then just no one played it. Oh, Outer World. No, that's not it. <laughs> no, that's out, that's out now. I don't know. It must have been uh, so insignificant because I can't remember it. <laughs> I, I, I believe it was a, another Obsidian game. I don't know. Well, let's just say like this game came out. Everyone was like super pumped about it, and they kept on promising. And then, but they kept on just moving it back. Then they kept moving it back. But they kept like showing like really awesome trailers at uh, E3 about what this game is going to eventually look like. And then it just came out, and it was like a, a horrible game. People were like, people were expecting this to be a Destiny Two type game that was going to last for years, and it lasted like three weeks. And people were like throwing back their their money, and like it just it, it couldn't go anywhere. Huh. I, I'm gonna say it came out in 2018. Might have no, came remember. out either way. I will say that um, by the way, for Diablo Immortals, I just looked it up. It's actually a different game than Diablo 3. It's a story between Diablo 2 and Diablo 3. So with that said, I'm kind of okay with it because I thought it was just a recreation of Diablo 3 for the phone. Mm. So I can kind of understand. It's just the fact that, like, for me, why would I play a Diablo game on my phone and have it drain my battery? Exactly. If if, if this mobile game was a connection to your Diablo 3 account, and let's say you're out on a bus ride and you just want to run a quick greater a greater riff for ten minutes, then I think that'd be awesome. But the fact that it's a completely yeah. different game is just I don't I just, I don't know I think it's dumb. Yeah, and so for you and the and the people listening, it was Anthem was the game I was thinking. Oh about. yes, yes, Anthem. Everyone, everyone is expecting Anthem to be like the the Destiny killer, and it's going to yeah, just be because the top selling game for years. And then like we saw these E3 trailers, and it looks great. And then Anthem came out, and everyone's like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, is this? It, it it was a big flop. It's because it so, wasn't actually open world. Exactly, and they had a whole lot of issues with it. So. The point there is, even if they showed us a trailer of D4 in 2018 BlizzCon, and they could have led with something else this year, you know, maybe something even further away, the fans would have had a much better reaction 
to Diablo Immortal, knowing that it was a temporary slate to their thirst, rather than, hey, you guys like Diablo? Well, you've been waiting for years for a Diablo game. Boom, it's on their phone, and it's nothing of what you're used to or what you want, but we're hoping you're still going to love it. And of course they didn't, because, you know, that's fans. But I don't know. I, I, I feel like it was just bad planning. It was this hope that people were just going to automatically jump onto it. And then people just did some really easy digging and found out that it, was, it wasn't it was actually its own original game. It was basically just a reskin of another uh, type of um, Chinese mobile game that they have over there. And they just put some some Diablo artwork in there. And everyone was like, this is really lazy. Like, Give us something oh, that we yeah, actually okay. want. So just knowing that, I'm glad that they chose to lead with Diablo 4. But at the same time, not being someone from its like normal user base for the past decade, I, I'm, I'm, I'm watching timidly to see any more news come out about it because we don't have a release date. We we had a, a, a you know three characters that you could only play like one little area and there wasn't a whole lot of like other details coming into it. So we'll see. We'll see how it actually turns out when it comes, you know, when, when we start getting closer to the unannounced release date in 2024 or something. Who knows <laughs> 2024. Gosh, who knows, man? Yeah, well, let's let's uh, move on to a, 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 another game here because um, we've given Diablo enough spotlight here. I feel you. I'll let you pick the next game because right. I know there's plenty on our docket that we want to. I want I want to save WoW, okay? Because WoW, I feel like could be a real big heavy hitter here. But let's uh, okay. let's talk about Overwatch Two. Overwatch Two is something that I'm kind of actually really excited for. I'm so excited for Overwatch Two, yeah. and mm-hmm. I will say their cinematic, where they first did a whole like emotional recap of like all the characters voiceovers and like what they went through all that time and then leading into the cinematic of overwatch 2 i thought was so brilliant because it like tugs at your heart and then it's like here's what the whole story is about because if you think about it from overwatch from the beginning overwatch had a story but it's never been really pieced together it's because mm-hmm. they should do like quick little 10 15 minute uh amazing cinematic uh cinema What's the word? Uh, Cinematography. Mo- yeah, yeah, yeah. Movies and stuff like yeah. that. And then you get really, no, really involved in it, but you never really learn about it. You know what I mean? Agreed. And it's almost like everyone loves these 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 characters that are created, and people put just mild uh, information of lore behind it, and people are like, oh, my God, that's so, that's so cool. I love that character a little bit more just because I know this about them. Right, and I mean, like, it, it's not even just Blizzard that's done this. I mean, League of Legends itself. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. League has such a, a a cool concept of what could be lore, but it's so scattered because they've had a bajillion people going through uh, their company, you know, uh, just because they aren't able to deal with being farted on. That they're like, oh, I'm going to quit and go someplace else, and so Riot hasn't really been able to piece together a good lore however when they do kind of create and like really focus on like a small area it's it's amazing they come out with a really dope trailer like obviously it's a loved character they sell merch and the cycle continues now with overwatch they've done that they've made these really cool um i'd say like small cinematics like they they started with the first one with bastion i think which bastion is like a a character that almost has no emotion because he's just a robot and all of a sudden we see him like interacting with this this bird and there's like regret and guilt and all these emotions that we're seeing come from this robot so we're starting to feel the idea of like okay this isn't just a normal robot 
this world that we're living in doesn't just have normal robots that you know that's a little bit beyond that we can accept them more like the droids in star wars you know more so than just an actual just walking robot sure. yep yep so i totally understand that like wanting to lead with these emotional stories is great i mean even the announcement trailer for the first overwatch where you know um like the two kids are, are going into the museum and they see Doomfist's gauntlet and they're like, oh my God. And then, you know, um, Reaper and Widowmaker come and try and like steal it, the Tracer and Winston come back in. So like, I'm glad that the, the main cast were there for the new trailer that came out. Mm-hmm. It got everybody hyped as hell, but that's not why I'm hyped for it. The reason I'm hyped for this is because I, I just generally enjoy big esports productions and I think that this is just going to continue to feed this lifeblood into the Overwatch League, which obviously people, depending on where they are in the spectrum of esports fans, some people don't really like the uh, the overproduced Overwatch League. However, just knowing that there's going to be uh, more game modes, they have a, a tug of war um, uh, mode coming in called Push. I think that's going to be really cool for esports. Knowing that they have two more characters coming in, uh, Echo, which is like this flying shielding robot, and then Sojourn, which they don't really have a whole lot of info about her. I believe it's a girl, um, other than she's like Canadian and she has like a gun for an arm, so like probably right, right. some cyborg possibilities there. So a whole lot of opportunity. I love when they throw in a character because most of the time, whenever they throw in a new character in Overwatch, they're not extremely broken. Obviously, Brigitte was a, a, a an outlier to this, but I mean, I remember when they re- uh, put in Anna for the first time, and she was the first character added. Everyone was like, "Now this is how you do character design." She had a unique play style. She wasn't completely broken. It was opening up new play opportunities, knowing that people could, you know, go in and dive a little deeper, knowing that they could still get healing from. Uh, a healer that's from like way back when and it added a whole new level of diversity to a already immense diverse character range and that's what i really enjoyed about it so knowing that overwatch 2 is at least just a, a promise to continue all of this content is great however i'm also really excited about all the pve stuff which is the first time that they've actually really wanted to go heavy on some of the P- pve stuff now they have re- they have done pve stuff in the past um an operation breakout or something like that um they do the uh the halloween event where you're in dr junkenstein's castle and all that so i'm really glad those those things that i always had a blast playing are still going to be a mainstay and we kind of can expect them but there's going to be even more of that so have you heard about the two like main um styles i guess of of pve content that they're putting in the game i've not so they're, they're going to have two, and again, this is just all that's announced now. It might change. Maybe more will be added. But there's two main types of missions that you will be able to do um, from just like a, a PvE type. Where one is, it's called like story missions. And that's basically more of like a, a, like a co-opted story throughout the game. There's, you, know, you can only play from certain characters. So they're going to give you four characters that you have to choose from, similar to the Operation Breakout, I think. You know, so like one is you have to be Reinhardt, Tracer, May, and Mercy, I think was the other one, or Torbjorn or something. And you ha- and so, you know, there's a group of four. Everyone has to be a certain character, okay. kind of like they've done for their PvE content in the past. Mm-hmm. 
but you're just going through this uh, this the story mission, right? There's going to be cutscenes. There's going to be unfolding things to do, and while you go through and you're unlocking these missions, or you're going through these missions. Apparently, there's going to be items along the way, not necessarily like World of Warcraft items or something or, or Diablo items, but more think of like an Apex style of like, oh, here's a purple shield, but this one's a, a, a silver, um, you know, weapons charge, so I'm not going to do as much damage. And you're, you're supposed to be able to take those resources and kind of divvy them up. That's at least the idea that I'm getting from reading everything. It's going to be more of like, hey, these are some power ups that are of varying different strengths just to make it, you know, Still have some RNG in there, just to you know maybe have to change your playstyle a little bit, as well as kind of making sure you're always playing your aces uh, in these story missions. So if you're just like really being able to stack up on your Torb Torbjorn, maybe you play more of a defensive style rather than just like trying to dive into someone. So it creates that diversity as you're playing, right? The other type of missions that they're introducing is uh, a hero missions, which is described as highly replayable. I'm not really sure exactly what these <laughs> types of things are going to be, but the fact is, you know, it's like it's it's not necessarily directly tied to the story. I see them as kind of like instances or dungeons um, or mini raids, like World of Warcraft style, where you want to go and there's going to be somewhat of a story, but not really anything that's like super connecting. Um, and you're just going to go fight the Null Sector, which are the robot bad guys. Null Sector, you know. So I'm really excited about Overwatch 2. I'm also excited to think that Blizzard is going to not overcharge us for this because there's two things for this. One is it you're just really buying the PvE content. So it shouldn't be a $60 game. Will it be a $60 game? That is completely dependent on how greedy Blizzard wants to be. And we've all kind of seen some things in the past that know it could go either way on this. I'm expecting like a $30 or even a $40 price tag on this which is a lot more doable, especially for someone who only buys one game every quarter, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that's going to be uh, you know, an, a nice little tidbit for it. But the other thing is, is for the people who are really into PvP and have been just playing Overwatch 1 since day one, they'd, they're not buying Overwatch 2 to just forget everything they've done in the first Overwatch. What they're doing is it, they get to keep all that stuff up and they're just kind of unlocking the PvE content with it. Right. So the conversation is, is well, are they getting Overwatch 2 for free? Sort of, because all of the new engine stuff, all of the new, um, like all the new characters and all of the new maps will still be able to be played PvP from the people who only own Overwatch 1. So it's kind of like this hybrid sequel coming out, which I really like that they're trying to move away from just the general sequel. But it's just, there's a lot of questions in terms of how exactly this is going to scope out. But I at least like that they're trying to save me money. I, I will say the fact, I really do respect that they are trying to combine it like that, make it easier for people. Because they do need to like they're in a position where they need to release certain new things, but in order to do it, it has to be a separate new game, or do they keep it? I'm sure they had a huge discussion on whether or not just to make this another add-on, but if they want to make it as big as they want to, it probably has to be a separate game. So when you do that, when you introduce a new game, it obviously can create a divide because people are going to be like, why should I pay for this? So I really like the fact that they're like, you can buy it if you want to. If you don't, you can still play it with everybody else the regular way that you're playing it. They, they didn't put a paywall on this that is like 
on the PvP content. Yeah, yeah. on the PvP, which is originally what people loved the game about, you know? And I think what it is is they Blizzard saw an audience here that enjoyed the lore, that enjoyed the PvP, PvE, and they want to give that audience something. Because they, they already have an audience for the competitive play, right? So they're adding more stuff to that as they normally would. But now they're also catering to the PvE audience base while also making the PvP happier. Th this business model and this game model that they built for Overwatch 2 makes me very ecstatic and happy because I feel like if this works, then they'll apply this to other games. You know what I mean? The, the biggest oh, yeah. thing is the fact that they're using an upgraded engine from, uh, from an older engine, right? And the one big pet peeve I've had with WoW is that WoW was on such an old engine and such an old gaming um, system. So I'm hoping this would lead into more other games getting improved as well, not just Overwatch. So there's a lot of, like, I guess, hopes that are coming with Overwatch 2. Not to mention, not, not just the gameplay or the story stuff, but there's, like, a, a bunch of other things that people should be getting excited about because they're seeing Blizzard doing something different with not just one of their games, but all of their games, you know? Like Agreed. I said, and I, yeah. yeah. No, go ahead. I I do believe that like this is probably the correct way how to how to do this. I think maybe if and again I just kind of like go back to the uh, the mishandling of all the Diablo Immortal stuff. Right. I think this is how you announce a game that's game changing. You know, forgive the pun. And not to mention uh, they did a good job because they spent like what a year and a half, two years getting people interested in the lore. So they slowly catered a PVE and lore-based audience. Yes, and I, and I think this is just going to really be the start of it. <clears throat> I'm hoping that whatever the entry price for this this content's going to be, whether it's thirty, forty dollars, I'm really hoping that it's it's going to be something that's going to continue to be uh, developed uh, developed over the next couple yeah, for sure. uh, years. I mean, we, we Overwatch. Uh, one, I guess we'll just call it, came out like 2016 or something, mm -hmm. 2015. So it's been it's been out for three or four years, right. and you know, I've I'm still able to go back and play that game whenever a new character comes out. You know, whether I'm playing just you know against like bots by myself, or I'm just like you know, uh, me and my friend love dueling each other just one on one, and you know, just going Roadhog versus Roadhog just to you know for the hell of it. That's fun. I'm I'm glad that I can at least go back to it and screw around when I want. Knowing because I paid thirty dollars four years ago, that's quality for me. That's you know that's knowing that you know you're there's at least somewhat of a respect for your buyer, and you're not just milking them dry. You know, so I'm I'm really looking forward to it, and I'm really hoping that a lot of the uh, esports um, side of the issues can be fixed as well, kind of going through, and having this updated engine will also allow better spectation and, and kind of even elevate the uh, production side even more so than it is now on the esports side. I'm really excited about that. I'm really excited for Overwatch. I think, I think, although I'm super excited for Diablo Four, I feel like I'm very excited for Overwatch Two in the sense of what, as Blizzard as a whole company. Rather than just yeah. a specific game, like to me, Overwatch Two was probably their best announcement. I can say, yeah, I 100% agree with you. And um, I mean, obviously, just being a giant World of Warcraft guy, I'll tell the audience right now. I've been playing that game for like 15 years. Same. I can fully tell you that I was expecting WoW to be like the mainstay. Yeah, and I, yeah, I I agree. My Blizzard experience, or my BlizzCon experience, but. I look back at everything that I know about all of these games. Overwatch 2 seems to be the one that, you know, didn't even give us 
the most information, but gave us enough where we're excited that we don't have these overwhelming questions and are just kind of like, there's so much unknown, but it's all great. Let's get at it. Now, if they could tell us the release date, that'd be great. But of course, <laughs> they haven't yet. In Blizzard fashion, they're keeping it close to the uh, close to the vest, and it might take another two years. Uh, maybe I, I the, feel like it's going to be sooner. I, I hope so. I mean, I'm I'm hoping that the world doesn't end due to climate change before these games come out, because <laughs> oh, right God. now, looking at all the signs, it either could happen. Um, but we're you know we're we're excited about either way. I, I think I think Overwatch Two. We'll see how big of a threat the Burning Legion is, and it ended up being a, like a really fucking solid expansion. I love the legendaries. I thought the ancient power grinding thing was a pain in the ass, but I got it. Right. However, when it came into uh, BFA, they dropped all the things that I really liked. They kept on saying that, oh, you know, there, there's going to be more awesome things that you're going to get. We're promising, and it just never, it never turned into anything. You know, I just feel like I'm still waiting for BFA to be the game that they promised. And I stopped playing. And I think that's what a lot of people's experience is. And so now as, as we're going into Shadowlands, which we haven't even talked about what they added yet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think that a lot of people feel the same way. So with that, I think now we're at, we're at the same point. Everyone's like, yeah, man, wow, BFA was kind of a downer, right? Wrath was great, though. I think that's what they're trying to tap into when they showed like the frozen crown or, or yeah, the frozen crown, ice crown and the sky opening up because we're now heading into the Shadowlands, which is basically World of Warcraft afterlife, right? which is funny because like we've died a billion times in that game. I've never seen the Shadowlands, so I don't know. That's a weird thing that we're that we're not addressing. But anyway, (laughs) so. You, you, we're basically invading the afterlife, which right. I'm going to bring up as another point. Most of these expansions that that they've had all have to do with, hey, we're in trouble, so we're going to preemptively invade and go and go attack them where they are, which is cool. But that's every expansion. I mean, it happened in BC, it happened in in Wrath of the Lich King, it happened in Mists of Pandaria. It ha- like it, we literally have to leave our town to go attack them but yet we're the ones that are super threatened well once again it's happening we have to go invade the shadowlands to find sylvanas because we know she's going to try and do some genocide shit again so we have to go into the afterlife and basically just probably get rehashed characters of people who have already died so everyone that's already died from this point if they were cool enough we'll probably get to see them again. if they were cool enough Oh my God. We'll probably we'll probably see some sort of you know uh, interaction between dead people and other dead people that were like oh dang you know like Sourfang gets to see his son other Sourfang you know that turned into a a death knight in the ICC raid they're gonna have some sort of really nice heartwarming you know like interaction maybe I don't know maybe. It's a possibility now because now death is just another thing that doesn't matter. No. We're we're go we're going to the afterlife to find someone who's not dead before she can do some Hitler shit. And no, that's, I just I just thought about this are. still. Like, what happens if you die in the Shadowlands? You go to double Shadowlands. <laughs> you to double Shadowlands. I don't know. Like, and that's and that's kind of the thing. It just like does it does it matter? Like, because like here's the thing. Know. Also, they also said like in the very beginning, the mall. Right? We're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna start talking about the actual features that's in the wow expansion now mm-hmm. the biggest thing is called the mall which is basically the hell of the afterlife of 
Azeroth. This it gets very complicated. That's what's that's what's so aggravating. They made all these co- like all these like areas, different representations of like afterlife, but they're yeah. like like you. It, it just doesn't make sense to me how they could think that they could make afterlife an actual physical place to go to and quest. Yeah, and feel like it's threatening because if you die. The worst case scenario is supposed to be that you go into the mall, but in the beginning of the con- uh, convention or the press release, they said the first thing you do is get out of the mall. So to me, I have no fear or threat anymore. Like, what happens if I die? I just go back to doing what I need to do. I mean, that was the game anyway. I mean, like, I, I remember dying to die because, oh, that was the first time I died. Okay, well, what do I do now? Oh, I go find my body and then try that shit over again? Oh, okay. I mean, so, like, you know, obviously the Maw's, like, a lore thing, and I can get that. Uh, you know, I can use that as a device to, like, carry the storyline, but at the same time, I'm not super invested into it just because it's... It, you can't you can't dangle hell over my face and expect to be afraid of it <laughs> when I've literally died a billion times For between sure. 2006 and now. <laughs> Okay, so, well, before we, we before we go into the whole like mm-hmm. our our heated opinions about expansion, because I feel like I can just blow up on WoW. Let's first quickly go over the features so that we can just get out, get Got that it. out of the way. You know what I mean? All right. Yeah. So they've added four new zones, at least that they've talked about, which is supposed to be a big anchor point. For it's technically everyone. it's technically five plus a major city. It's, the mall is the fifth okay. one. Got it. Okay. So they've added f- five new zones with a new downturn. One of them is called Bastion, which is basically ran by the Valkyr. So you can kind of understand, just knowing who the Valkyr was, you can kind of understand of how that place is going to look, right? Mm-hmm. This is a, this is an audio medium, so I can't just like show you pictures. Right, but right, you can yeah. imagine, because it's going to look like that. The next one is Ardenwald, Ardenwald, which is apparently ran by the Night Fae. So it's just a bunch of fairy stuff. Like, it's like... Basically, just take any foresty, like enchanted forest region of any part of World of Warcraft, and just make it even more fairy. And that's basically Ardenwild. Um, the next part is Maldraxxus, which obviously it has Axis in it. <laughs> it's it's going to be Necrolord stuff. So you know Naxxramas or you know Naxxraxxus, Axis, you know stuff like that. There's going to be Necrolord, so obviously there's going to be a lot of plague shit, a lot of like cloudy. Think uh, of mushrooms. the Death Knights class hall. Exactly. Yeah, that's basically what it is. And then there's one which is like I'm not even sure if they had like a true direction for this place. Maybe they did, and I just not really grasping it off of the two minutes that they spent on it but it's called Revendreth. Now, knowing Revan and what that name means is like a, a prefix for a lot of words. This expansion um, is so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> just listening to us talk Re- about it, this is just so stupid. I hate this expansion. <laughs> Revan, like a, a revenant, is usually is a, is a D&D race of someone who is basically dead but come back to life in a undead kind of way. Now, not in the same kind of undead as the Forsaken and, you know, the playable race or the Scourge in World of Warcraft, but more of just like, you know, you, you didn't you didn't accomplish everything you wanted to accomplish or you became a vampire or whatever. So, since you weren't able to accomplish everything that you could in your life, you, you basically can't die yet. Wish it was really like that in real life, but you can't die yet, right? So, you're coming, so you go to Revendreth, which is basically just like... Basically, Gothic Stormwind. I, I take a look it's at like it. Edgar Allan Poe decided to design the map in WoW. 
I was gonna say say I was gonna say Tim Burton, but yeah, Tim Burton, oh, Tim Burton Edgar yeah, Allan yeah, Poe yeah. had a baby, and it and it w- was crapped out of Stormwind Sewer. It, it really reminded me of the Worgen place. Okay, yeah, I I can see that. Very yeah, very gothic style. Yeah. Um, but apparently this is where you go if your soul was un was as unworthy of going into the, any of the other places. So it's supposed to be very dark and dreary and full of just like. What about the things. undead place? Like the, to me again, it's, I'm I'm sorry. I'm just I'm heated. This is stupid. <laughs> and and again, this the, obviously you know. All right, I th- I think about the countless Dungeon Dragon stories that I've made over the years to like have my players have fun with. Mm-hmm. I understand if I was to sit there and tell someone who I'm who isn't going to play it what my world's going to look like and just showing him like maybe two or three pictures that I, I drew up myself, they'll be like, yeah, that sounds real cool. And then just leave and never talk to me again. Cause I'm weird. But at the same time, like this is kind of what this production was, you know? So maybe in a few, in a couple years from now, Blizzard's going to learn their lesson and, and adopt a Nintendo direct approach where it's all just pre-recorded video. But for at least now they present us with these, these five new zones. I thought it was four cause I didn't really count the maw. Um, of places that, hey, be excited because you get to go to these places. And I'm like, cool, but what about the other 99% of the world? Are we just going to forget about that shit because we're not level 10 anymore? Yes. Like, <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. Like, I I, I'm, I was kind of hoping for another, like, so, cataclysmic event that changes all of it. So, at I least mean, maybe, maybe that will happen. Game. We can't say it won't. Maybe at, like, because they I have know. these major patches throughout the game. So, maybe yeah. towards the end of this expansion, they'll have one major patch that basically just breaks Azeroth with a whole new thing. Cause, and I know, a lo- I know a lot of people didn't like it when Cataclysm did that because it just, you know, basically pissed off a lot of people because they changed the whole game however this game's been aligned for 15 years and if you go back to orgrimmar or if you go back to any starting area like mulgore and walk around you're like what the fuck is this yeah you know like i i i can see people watching someone stream twitch and they're obviously they're playing you know they're streaming world of warcraft and they're, they're they're only doing top end content, right? And as someone who'd never interacted with World of Warcraft goes, wow, this looks fun as hell. I'm definitely gonna buy this game. And all of a sudden they get transported into Mulgore and they're like, this isn't the game that I signed up for. This is maybe the game of, you know, what my parents played, but what is this? Like it, it just, everything is like the quality. You look at the grass and you're like, what is this like jigsaw puzzle I'm looking at? This isn't the, the same game that I was watching uh, you know, shroud play. Like I don't know. Like it's just it, it's not what they were wanting, and I just don't understand how it's been so long and they haven't gone back and retroactively like beefed up all these levels. Even even adding the skyboxes to the old zones would make the game look twenty times better. But they haven't done that yet because they keep focusing on these all these small areas that geographers of, of Azeroth just ignored for for decades. To put on a map apparently and we're just supposed to go oh yeah that's there okay we're going to the shadowlands don't worry about all the other stuff that's that's you've already passed that you're good you're going to the shadowlands now so there, there is just, something about wild in this expansion that i think is ties into what you're saying what's and that? that's the um well we, we can exp- talk about that later but it's the level squish from, yeah like, yeah i mean and, well, that's a that's a feature. Talk about it now. Yeah. So the le- so WoW is basically switching from 120 to 113 to basically 50 to 60. And mm-hmm. that's great. I think they're learning a lot from Classic WoW and realize that 130 levels is ridiculous. 
So yes. I think that's great. But what's really interesting is they're changing the way you level. From level 1 to 10, if you're a new player, you have to go through this whole new zone called the Exile Lands, which is just just for new players, or you can choose to go there. Or you can play the original starting zones for all the races. And then from 10 to 15, I mean 10 to 50, you have the option to either play normally or go through one of the expansions fully and basically get to 50 from there, from one expansion. And then from 50, you go to the Shadowlands, which is the actual game of WoW now, which yeah. is a smart way to kind of make all the other expansions feel useful again because we talked about how the past expansion packs are basically useless now because no one goes back to Mr. Pandaria or, you know, up to the northern northern lands for Lich King and stuff, right? But yes. they're basically rehash, reusing all the old expansions as a faster way for you to get to endgame, which is Shadowlands, which is interesting but in my opinion, it's very weird. You know what I mean? Because, like, the whole concept of WoW was the fact that it's open world and you can go down the street and meet somebody. They're now separating different, like, I guess, if you want to call it, like, separate servers or separate realms for you yeah. to level 10 to 50 just in that. So only people in that expansion get to play with you now. Or I don't know how that would work otherwise because it doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? I I'm not a fan of that, mostly just because an MMO is supposed to feel like you're just there with a bunch of other people. Exactly, like I agree with competing you. Competing for resources, you're mm -hmm. you know you're, you're you're competing to level up, you're ganking other people. I don't want to feel like I'm pigeonholed into one area because my friend chose the other area. As well as whenever they do phases like that, it makes it harder for people to play with each other. Like I need to be on the exact same quest as you if we haven't leveled together before. If I, even if I add you to my party, you might still be unfazed or you know phased differently. Mm -hmm. Where you can't, I can't see you. I could be standing right on top of you and dancing. You won't be able to see me. I won't be able to see you. So it leaves this idea of like, well, what's the point of having it be an MMO? Like, right. I should be able to play with anyone and everyone I want, minus the other faction. Now, I can't remember if they have the option to just let you play normally or not. Yeah. And if this like level ten to fifty is just an option for people that just want to kind of cruise through because yeah. shadowlands apparently has multiple endings you know what i mean gotcha so well, i also i also look at it this way like one of the things i liked about wow classic and again we'll get into that later but one of the things i liked about it was that it wasn't so fast to level up you, you felt like you did something. yeah 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 now i was never a i was never a big i, I never took issue with people paying sixty dollars to get a free um, you know, level 100 and whatever character. Mm -hmm. That's fine. That's their prerogative. That doesn't change how I play. That just means they get to skip all that and go play what they want to play. Perfectly fine. Blizzard makes money. Uh, person A gets to play how they want. Person B gets to play how they want. Doesn't affect me at all. However, when you're for, when you do these level squishes and yet you don't you don't adjust to make sure that the length of the the content is generally the same, what happens is you go from, and I, I'm going to use a past example, you go to the Mists of Pandaria area, uh, Jade Forest, you finish all of Jade Forest, and you're already ready to go to the next expansion area. Like You're, you're ready to go to Draenor because you basically did everything. So you don't have to go to any of the other areas in Pandaria. You've already surpassed those. They're not even going to give you like actual experience because you're already 90-something. So you just leave. So that means all of that content, all of the, that hard work that those people worked on, 
is never going to be touched or seen unless someone wants to go mining because they're leveling up their mining or herbalism or anything else. That's the only reason why they're out there or unless, you know, hey, I really want to, like, go grind Heart of Fear to get some, like, really cool transmog. All right, where's that? Oh, I don't even remember. Oh, it's in that big tree. All right, let's go fly to the big tree. How do we get there again? I don't know. It's been forever since I've been to Pandaria, right? So when you're, like, when you talk about how big World of Warcraft is, but yet 99% of your player base is in this area and everything else is barren, it doesn't feel like an MMO. It just feels like, hey, this is the playground and then this is the rest of the field that no one else is playing on. Hmm. And it, that, that it becomes a very lonely, sad feeling that I just I don't expect a lot of people to enjoy. Yeah. But I'm hoping that they you know, decide that they want to change things. Maybe there's a World of Warcraft 2 coming out in 2025 cool i don't know they, they did it with overwatch no one was expecting it at the same time i would love to see a lot of that stuff updated and i'm sure a lot of people would too i will say i feel like this expansion is leading to blizzard and this is this is my personal theory i feel like they're leading to blizzard not making another world of warcraft expansion and basically just like i guess riding the cash cow as much as they can and then put stop caring about it and just focus on something else because Here's the deal. They're making so many replayabilities and so many shortcuts in this WoW expansion. 10 to 50. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't even talk about it, but the stupid Tower of the Damned in the mall. That's like an ascending RNG yeah. Binding of Isaac dungeon crawler for WoW, which makes no sense to me, but still sounds really cool. And like the different endings for the different covenants so that if you finish one covenant, you can go back to another covenant and do it four more times. And we but, haven't even talked about covenants yet, but right. yes. And like I agree. And it, I agree it just you. feels like they're adding so many things that are like, yeah, yeah, here's new content, here's new content that you can replay for a very long time so we don't have to worry about you. That's the message and vibe that I'm getting from with this expansion. And I, I definitely feel like there's a lot of merit to that. However, I feel like if, they, if there was a, a reason that they wanted to get rid of World of Warcraft, obviously I don't think they would as long, you know, because it's still one of the biggest MMOs in the space. I mean, I, don't, I really don't think Elder Scrolls Online comes close. People, I guess, still play Guild Wars 2, which surprised me the other day. Like, there's all these there's all these MMOs that still exist. I'm like, how? People still play that? Wow. I guess, you know? But I feel like I think, WoW is going to become like that. I think that's what maybe, it's leading into. Maybe, maybe so, but people have been saying that for the past decade, right? And then people keep coming back because they love Blizzard, they love the characters, they love the game enough to keep holding on to this. If you don't reward them by actually updating all of this stuff and they, you know keep WoW Classic as the cash cow it is, obviously people are just going to keep loving it. But make WoW Retail this place that you, you can be proud of because right now we're just kind of like dragging this 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 Dead really – uh, yeah, I mean it's 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 almost to the point where it's kind of sad. But I want them to go back and really just—you don't even have to change any of the stories. It could be the same old quest, same old content. But like, I don't want to go back and start exploring outside of Orgrimmar into Duratar or Dur- yeah, Duratar, and then just see like these square-looking cactuses. You know, like I, I want to see beautiful artwork that all the new expansion stuff looks like. Like it's completely night and day. If you go to the Legion zones versus, um, you know, Feralas, right? Mm-hmm. But all these places have so much memory for people that, hey, you know, like, give them some love. But, so all right. I, j- I, will, I, will, I will say, you know how you mentioned World of Warcraft 2? Yeah. Like, you, you just briefly said, maybe they'll make a WoW 2. Mm-hmm. Here's, my, here's my thing. Like, do you actually think that's plausible? 
Well, I mean, I don't, I didn't think it would be plausible for Overwatch to, but I'm getting the idea. And I, if they were to do it, I think it would be done in how I just, how I just described. Have it be a, um, basic, basically just a, 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 a new engine. A lot of the same content. Obviously, you're going to have to have a, a whole lot of developers really like, you know, patching and copy pasting and, you know, getting everything the way it, it should be run. But it, it's going to leave a whole lot more room to improvements. I mean, they're, right now they're trying to basically put this, this, uh, this really great engine on this small frame. And it's not working out for them. Because it, it, it's, the engine's too big and the frame's too small. Well, you know, going back to the actual engine, it's, just, it's not powerful enough for World of Warcraft to be able to do anything amazing. So they're going to keep trying to do the same little bitty types of chunk content that we're going to like all that stuff's on new servers all that stuff's basically a different game but you just log into the same area and it just loads you differently but like it's just weird watching people and their characters watch walk around high def i mean you can clearly see like the teeth and the you know their tongues and the the earrings and everything especially with the new Shadowland features because they're adding a bunch of customization options or something out there. You're going to see those people walking around the World of Warcraft in these really outdated areas and just like just they're going to have way more resolution to them than anything else. They're going to stick out like a sore thumb and that's only going to get worse up until someone goes back and actually starts updating it. And even if they came to us and said, hey, this is a lot of work. So we're going to do this one by one. All right. Obviously, it's going to look kind of weird for, you know, on the game it's it's going to kind of break the immersion to it but we think it's a general improvement so january we're going to focus on tenaris and february we're going to focus on mulgore and just keep going through i'd be fine with that knowing over the next year they're going to like heavily update the areas we're going to perfect i'm i'm thrilled with that idea i don't know if it's going to work that way i think they're going to have to do a lot of it at once or at least you know build it to a server put it on the new server and then start updating one by one but it's at least something that's needed drastically hmm. so at least all right so going from that to kind of jumping back to world of warcraft shadowlands and obviously i think everybody is able to follow along in our discussion because they feel so passionately about this game because it's it's in my opinion it's blizzard's main game I think it's the game that no, really I, like, I agree. I agree. It, it got them to where they where they are. They were able to grab a whole lot of other fame with other games. I mean, obviously, StarCraft is another big one too, which we can talk about later. Mm-hmm. But people are really passionate about this game because they want it to be as great as it used to be, or as great as they felt it was. And it's just not that way for a lot of people. Even even they even people who still play every day, they'll still think back and be like, you know, I'm just not generally enjoying it as much as I am. And that people can attribute that to the fact that. Maybe they're just grown up and they've outgrown the the, uh, the series, and they're they're just you know I'm I'm now working a full time job. When I remember the last time I actually raided, I was working only part time and going to school, so it like I could stay up until four in the morning because I didn't have work or school the next day. I remember those nights and being like, yeah, sure, let's go after this boss again. Let's make Lyshin our bitch. I don't give a shit because I don't have work. Well, obviously that's not anymore. I have a wife, I have a kid, I have a job. Like I can't just dump in those amount of hours but i can still look at the game play the game and enjoy it in my own dad way and a lot of people feel that way so i know a lot of people are excited for shadowlands and i and i i want to embrace that a little bit and so trying not to just immediately dump on the game anymore but they do have a, a an area of the game called or they do have a part of the game that's another way of 
customizing how you play called Covenants. And a lot of people who played Burning Crusade will say, oh, it's it's very similar to whether you want to be Aldor or Scryer, right? Are you going to join the Alders? Are you going to join the Scryers? The, you know, each one is basically just a new faction. Um, you could be Horde or Alliance and join either one, but that's your new faction. And if you go into the other person's faction, that might be bad because you might get shat on. So they have these covenants. And not only are these covenants kind of like the Scryer Aldor, they also come with special abilities. So I think that obviously there's a little bit of a danger there because they're, one covenant's going to be way vastly overpowered for others and, you know, some. Yeah, and there's uh, uh, two abilities for each yeah. covenant. There's a covenant ability and then there's a class ability that's associated with your covenant. So I think, you know, obviously it's just going to be one more thing they have to balance. Yeah, um, which, which they're, we'll they're already pretty overpowered. I read some of them and yeah. they're insane. So there has to be reason to join it. I'm hoping that you know, obviously they're they're all they're all cool, but I'm also hoping that you don't immediately just like fuck everything up if you have to switch to a, a different covenant. But I do want there to be some reason why you should definitely stay with your covenant. Mm -hmm. You know, so I, I'm hoping for that. But basically, that's what a covenant is. A covenant is just kind of like a a, a club, is another way of saying it. Yeah, pretty much. So do the and the covenants basically just. Um, match the regions right like the night fey will have their own covenant yeah and... yeah each region okay. is its own separate covenant got it so i think a lot of people are going to choose for their um uh for the aesthetic rather than maybe any of the the game bonuses like if you're a death knight you're not going to be you're not going to join the 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 night fey fairy world covenant because that doesn't make any sense it's going to look kind of weird i mean it depends want... i mean some of the because like some I people guess. might want a certain ability yeah. and they might of not course. care about the cosmetics of it they just want the abilities for the pvp aspect of it of course but i'm gonna laugh at you if you're if you're a purveyor <laughs> of death if you're the harbinger of all that is unholy and you're walking around with a fairy i don't know i'm just saying that doesn't cut it for me man i want to make sure that if i'm like if i'm a death knight i'm joining the necro lords if i'm a, a warrior i'm joining the valkyr bastion you know if i'm a druid sure night fey eh, whatever doesn't matter but anything else i'm just like why like why would you be a warlock and join the night fairy funny, I, I uh, funny little tidbit here uh you hmm. said warriors would join the valkyr right yeah it's actually the necro lords that have the spirits of the warriors and the unwilling because the necro lords isn't about the demonic or evil sense of it it's about hmm. the souls and the spirits that are unmoved and relentless Got it. I guess I connected the Valkyr because we basically all of the Legion expansion, the Valkyrs were very similar to the. Uh, I can't remember what the Valkyr or those people stood for, but I, I all I remember yeah. is that specific Necro one because I was like that actually kind of makes sense, but at the same yeah. time, that's confusing as hell. There you go. Well, yeah. Um, as well as it leads into another thing that they're going to be having t uh, in this instance, and uh, honestly, it, it goes back to the trailer when they're or the feature trailer, not the actual trailer, when they're talking about what this game is going to include. Um, they talk about like, oh, they're going to have these new zones, like eight new dungeons and like three new raids, and everyone's like, yeah, that's what every expansion has in it. Okay, and they didn't really say anything else. But what they did say that caught a lot of people's eye was Torghast. T-O-R-G-H-A-S-T, so Torghast. Power of Damned. Right? And basically what this is, is it's an endless dungeon. Meaning, like, well, this I don't, is... I don't know if it's endless. Because they said the Jailer's on top. 
I guess it's endless as in you. it's supposed to be so replayable that you can continuously do this and get better and better things. Even if you've, you think you've maxed out the rewards, it's made there to consistently pump out things that are going to help you. Right. Which sure. I'm seeing is, you know, it's that's going to be nice. But at the same time, it's also endless in the terms of it's randomized, meaning it's not going to be the same dungeon twice. There's, there's, and I'm hoping that it's not just really like scaled down, kind of like a Violet Hold was supposed to be. You know, you go into the 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 prison on Dalaran, and they opened up different cells. Oh and different yeah. Come out. So that was supposed to be randomized, but at the same time, that the young, there's only it has the same last boss every single time. So you're really just getting a, a roll of two uh, bosses in the middle. And there's only like six bosses, so it's not endless. You you do it like twice and you're done, right? They and did sometimes... basically say it's like the way the, the example the guy gave was you go down the corridor, and last time I was here, I went left and there was a a caster boss. Now I go right and there's a warrior boss. So I don't really know how like crazy the replay is gonna actually be, but they yeah. did say that as you go higher and higher, it, the beginning first levels are just a simple tank and spank. But then as you go higher and higher, it becomes more like puzzles and like uh, parkour stuff and all these other little mini challenges, which I personally hate yeah. because I don't think Blizzard can – I don't think WoW can handle parkour challenges correctly because their physics and – this is going back to the engine just doesn't correlate correctly because, I mean, I'm sure anyone that played the uh, world quests with the Kirin Tor world quest where you have to do these stupid puzzles and like jump between hoops and crap. Like, I usually ended up not doing. Yeah, those, those things pissed um, me off to no end. Yes, yes. Um, I would say they're getting better, and obviously that's something that's going to continuously improve over time. But yeah, it can be messy. Um, however, I do think that you know there's all, all, also going to be a lot of frustration. Let's say you and I'm thinking back to Violet Hold, right? You go in and be like, "Hey, I really need these this dagger that drops off." um the the uh, the beholder which is the D term for the the uh floating ball guy with an eye so there's only a chance that you're going to fight him mm -hmm. so that means if i join this this dungeon i do the first two bosses knowing that the third boss is always going to be the dragon bitch second boss well all right that's not the beholder i'm just going to quit because i don't because you know fuck these other people in my group i don't give a shit about them i'm just going to quit Requeue and try again for that for that you know because i really need that dagger that's frustrating that is a horrible experience on all levels obviously that guy who's frustrated that he didn't get the boss he wanted to have a chance to get the loot he wanted is now going to burn the other four people and basically just abandon them so he can try again that's he took his frustration and made it 80 times worse on everybody else now obviously a dagger Probably a rogue DPS, easy to be switched out. What if it's a tank? What if it's a tank that wants his one-armed we weapon or his shield or some sort of really dope plate item or, or defense trinket? Well, then now you have to wait another twenty minutes for a, a tank to be slotted in your in your group or something. You know, like that's a frustrating experience. So if they have the stuff that's actually like randomized like like that, and you know, it's even with personalized loot, it's still going to be some 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 kind of experience where people are just hoping I, I that one think, type uh, of thing happens. Mm -hmm. They're going to be hoping that one type of thing happens. That's not going to happen. So then they're going to feel frustrated and take it on. Out of the I people. think with the tower though, they did say after each floor, you get a reward. So it's not really like a boss drops a certain thing. It's you have mm -hmm. to finish the floor. And when you kill a boss on the floor, you get their new fucking currency of power, which is called enema. 
and that's like this whole like it's what um yeah. Azerite was basically and but anima you... oh go ahead at the end like at the end of each boss fight you get an anima which is a power up and the power up basically makes you stronger and it helps you finish the floor and you get to choose between like three different animas so I think that's what the rewards are for this for the tower specifically because they they said the tower is not really a dungeon because you don't have to go with a tank, a healer, and a, and three DPSs. You can go with five DPSs and still be fine. Yeah. So well, it's, a, it's like a different take on dun a dungeon, I guess. Then I look at this. Then do you remember the Moshugan vaults? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. So the first the first. A boss in there was like the three or four dogs or whatever, yeah, depending if you did it on heroic. It. It, and so, like, there was four dogs. If you're doing it on normal, only three would come alive, mm -hmm. and each dog has its own power, right? So, depending on what day, what day you go on, it was different every week. Sometimes you got a, a dog combination that was harder than the others, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you're coming in, you're really wanting to beat these things. You like, you got these, you know, these three dogs mastered. Next week, you come in expecting the same kind of progress, but it's these other three dogs, and you're not able to get it done. And you waste two hours just throwing yourself trying to get this done. It's a frustrating experience. Obviously, it's one that's going to go away once you like get gear and get better, and it's obviously going to get easier to accomplish. However, just knowing that you're going to have to do a different boss than what you're expecting. You're you're thinking that hey I'm used to doing at least five floors on this. We got to the second floor and it's this really hard bitch that we can't that we can't beat. Therefore, we lost all of our progress. We we didn't get anywhere near as what we wanted to accomplish. That's frustrating, and that's a negative feedback loop that they're going to be fitting into. So yeah, like the guy described, oh you go you go here left and there's a, a spellcaster. Next time you go here right and there's a warrior boss. Well, maybe the warrior boss is super easy tank and spake, where the the caster guy is super difficult. But it's the first floor, so if you can't, you know, you you can't progress beyond that. You can't sneak past the boss and keep going. So you're not going to get your anima. You're, it's going to be harder. And even just thinking of trying to accomplish this in like an LFR experience, knowing how dumb some of the people in LFR can be, mm -hmm. that it's a frustrating experience that's going to keep adding to to the levels of frustration for for its players. And that's and that's what they're trying to avoid. So again, a lot of this stuff is basically up in the air. We have no real idea how it's going to land. All right, let, let me ask but, you: What is your overall opinion on the expansion? Right now, I mean, and going over the real quick with the things that we hadn't mentioned is they're coming up with tune customization improvements, so you can actually have real hairstyles instead of just like the three random ones plus all the weird ponytail ones. Um, as well as they're allowing all allied races and uh, current races to become DKs, Death Knights. So just kind of throwing the rest of my notes aside, going yes, we've already talked about that stuff now. Honestly, it's just getting a giant meh from me. <laughs> I, I'm I'm excited to see more. I want I, I'm hopeful that it can be good, but I just generally know that a lot of this stuff is gone. I'm probably gonna buy it. I'm probably gonna play it for the first you know couple months. Realize that I don't have. Uh, it's not rewarding to in, uh, to engage this much time into it to still you know be able to say you know what i could be doing other things there's other games i could be doing you know it's going to come with some weird daily quest that i'm going to have to do you know every day and i'm going to sit there going i could do that or i could play a game that doesn't involve that 
and I think I think we're all going to kind of experience that where they're going to you know have the same huge uh, you know sub or subbing. Everyone's going to want to play, and then over the next three months, everyone will be like, "Yeah, dead game." I feel like that's how it's going to go, but I'm still hopeful that that's not how it's going to go. So for me, if I had to give a, a letter grade, I'd give it a C. If I had to give it a number between one and ten, I'd give it a six because I'm 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 hopeful, but I'm not super excited about it. I think it's very fair. I will probably buy the game and then not play it. I will I will simply buy it because I like to collect the WoW games at this point. Because mm-hmm. why else would I just throw sixty or forty dollars? I guess. Yeah. So I, in my honest opinion, I feel like I'll buy it and I won't even play it, just because to to me I just, I don't know, man. WoW has just changed so much for me, especially with yeah. the lore. Because I I grew up, I played WoW for the lore. You know what I mean? I love the story. And then at the, the fact that Savannah's just split open the Lich King's helmet to me was basically just, all right, just take my money Pack and leave me alone. <laughs> at that Pack point. It up, boys. Pack yeah. it up, boys. We're done. Um, I, And I feel that. At yeah. that. Yeah, at that point. I, I mean, I, maybe I'll play it because, I mean, maybe I won't. I don't – I don't. I really don't know. I'm leaning more towards, yeah. honestly, I, I won't play it. I, I seriously just will not play it. I'll just buy it and be done with it. Which brings us to this next part. And, I, and this is kind of like finishing the World of Warcraft discussion and moving on to the next is when I think about what could have been announced this week and what probably should have at least been addressed is WoW Classic. I feel like they were completely silent on what they wanted this game, what where they wanted to take this game. I feel like they can't really announce much about WoW Classic, though, because they, they've, they've laid out the roadmaps of what WoW Classic is going to be. They're releasing Phase 2 in, a, I think, a couple of days, actually. So what exactly is phase two then? Uh, I think it's a certain uh, I can't remember, but it's a certain raid in Ar- Arctic Valley, the PvP mm-hmm. maps or some stuff. So because cool, uh, cool, cool. Classic WoW isn't fully released at the moment, there's parts yeah. that are still blocked off, and they're doing it in phases to release it. And because it's so recent, like what are they going to announce in BlizzCon? You know, like but think you- think about it this way: last year at BlizzCon, WoW Classic was or. or it wasn't last year, was it, when they announced it? It was two years ago? Wild Class. Yeah, I think it was... Yeah. I think it was last year, no. Okay, well, whenever it was... I don't remember, was, yeah, whatever. The point will still stand. It was the best thing to be announced. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it was two years ago because they also announced that BFA was coming. Um, so it was the best thing to come out of BlizzCon. Right. And the fact that it's now the biggest game being played right now, I think it has more people playing it than their other titles mm-hmm. so it's the biggest game for blizzard right now they said nothing of it Th- that that to me is shocking because like even if they said like you know p- throw up some trailers like t- like even do user generated content where people are like yeah like we have like these raids and like people are doing like some pvp stuff and like here's the streamers that are like doing it like it you know wow classics great we're loving it we're definitely going to do more and people were expecting announcements of classic expansion servers people were expecting that and we didn't hear a single thing about it not and you know even if they don't want to announce the special um, expansion servers yet if they're going that route and by expansion servers i mean classic servers for how burning crusade was how wrath of lich king was those were the expected announcements for the expansion servers in classic style they didn't say anything of it. So even if they don't even want to go that route, 
taking or just ignoring their biggest game right now seems like a very odd move to me because if if i was the ceo of blizzard and i was just getting hammered on hong kong and i was getting hammered about you know having all the activation or activision forced uh layoffs i would want some i would want to lead with one of the biggest games i have the most successful games I have. The reason why people are coming back and subbing to the other game that people don't like, just so they can play this game that they do like. I would act. I would lead, or at least mention, work or Warcraft Classic, something that you're going to be doing with it, some big thing that you wanted to push on it. But they just they just left it alone. I did. Blizzard and, have any? Does BlizzCon have any conversation about Classic at all? I I hadn't seen anything. Obviously, you know. Hey, if there if there is. Maybe people can correct us and we can kind of like talk about it next time. But at least it wasn't on their press conference. So I'm sitting here thinking, why? Like there has to be a reason why. You know, like even with Diablo 4, they, they don't have much to show for it and no, no, you know, date. They could at least say, hey, by the way, here's the, you know, and like you say, I think it goes black. It shows up the original, uh, you know, voiceover of, King, of, uh, the king talking about it you know talking about arthas's son blah 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 everything goes dark here comes the words in the center world of warcraft wrath of the lich king classic you know or something just be everybody like yeah uh, so right I, like, I just looked it up and i think that someone someone here said a good point on one of the articles um well first of all like classic came out in august which is only like two months before blizzcon mm-hmm. right in addition i think they feel that blizzard wants to focus on the new expansion for wow and if they released a update for world of warcraft classic it would overshadow no pun intended the new expansion for wow so that might have been why they didn't want to announce it. it's either too, a too soon because again they just released it two months ago so if they do another release thing it's just going to be one of those false like one of those things that is not going to get released for who knows how long and then mm-hmm. that would just upset because, I mean, they have a history of that already. So maybe they don't want to add on to that. And not to mention, maybe because they already have Diablo 4 that has no release date, there's the whole World of Warcraft battle, um, the new expansion they need to focus on to have people hyped about, and Overwatch 2, which also there's no release date. If they add another thing that people are going to get more excited about over World of Warcraft the expansion with no release date, I think that's just adding more hype to something that they don't need people focused on. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, 100%. And I hope that is something that can be addressed. However, I still think to my original point, they could have said something about it. They, they could have released something. You know, I just, it's, it's weird to it me that they odd, did. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll, we'll leave it at that. I, I think that there's a, a statement behind the fact that they didn't say anything. I so, think honestly, this BlizzCon, I was expecting so much more. And I feel kind of let down. Like, I'm, I'm hyped for Diablo 4, but it's more just to them basically saying, yeah, we're making it. I'm hyped mm-hmm. for Overwatch 2, but again, that's just them saying, yeah, we're making it. And then great. World of Warcraft, I'm not hyped about. Because, yeah. like, I'm like, great, you're making all the changes that you basically got from Classic because you know it's so successful, but and you want retail to be successful because you know at one point you're not going to have anything else to add to Classic. So you need something that you can add to, but people don't give a shit about. Mm-hmm. But to me, that's a little too late. And why add the whole replay shit? You know what I mean? Why add four different endings to this expansion? To me, that just shouts, we don't know what the fuck we're doing. You know? No, so I just yeah. saw, to me, this BlizzCon overall 
was kind of a very very big letdown except that it had some really cool cutscenes. yeah i i think the one uh group from blizzard that really gets the uh uh i i guess the big attaboy is going to be their their trailer team yeah uh, maybe they still outsource it because i know they used to but i don't damn think, yeah it was gorgeous. Yeah, but the cutscenes were all beautiful, though. Like, yeah, I mean, again, I can hate on WoW all they want, but that scene at the end where it overlooks Ice Crown and there's a giant hole—that's cool. Yeah, you know what I mean. Aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, it's stupid, but it's cool. Yes. Yeah, I, I feel you. Well, and, and that kind of like just the fact that they didn't mention WoW Classic t- takes me to the next point. There was almost no mention, or no real discussion, or even hints of plans for StarCraft Two. For a game that was really the only game that I considered what in Blizzard's history big enough to dethrone WoW from being its mainstay, StarCraft II, which was gigantic in its own right, is now just kind of being left on on the, I, the shelf to collect. I think that. StarCraft was amazing. I think StarCraft II was their attempt to make it better, but I, I truly feel that Blizzard is dropping the ball on RTSs. And I, I just I don't think RTSs are as popular anymore as they used to be. Oh, they're definitely not. Which does mean does, does mean I mean I don't know if you're aware, but they did they did have an FPS game that they were working on, um, and just as of like a month or two ago, it was uh, reported that it was canceled. But it was called it was called Project Ares or Ares or something like that, and it was going to be a StarCraft themed first person shooter. I was really thinking oh, that that would have been so cool. Right, but it's also it has this this curse to it because there also was going to be StarCraft Ghost right. way back in the day, um, which was also a, a a first person shooter. It was supposed to come out the same time as like the uh, the Star Wars, the Clone Wars first person shooter came out that mm-hmm. that everyone fucking loved, um, and it was supposed to come out at the same time, and it just they got canceled because Blizzard says that they don't. Re- they didn't want to release a inferior product and they got praised for it at the time because everyone was like yeah right blizzard only releases great games so you know they had a their quality check it didn't reach their standards cool but you know here we are with starcraft you know Ares that was supposed to be cool and it got cut for whatever reason and i'm not sure if it was because of standards anymore because i've seen some of their other games <laughs> so i'm not sure where they want this franchise to go i really like yeah i'm very StarCraft confused world. with blizzard I really like the StarCraft world. Um, I will be the first person, and I will constantly say this. Oh, God. That the StarCraft world deserves its own Game of Thrones-style show. Gory, bloody, just really immense, like, full-on, like, color and, and gorgeous I, I just animation. Wanted to, I just want to take a minute to tell the people that are listening. This guy has been talking about this ever since we talked about starting the podcast. I just want everyone to know... That this specific topic he's very passionate about. It would be so cool. Okay, <laughs> I'm just I'm just trying to think of like anything else that that could be going on right now. Blizzard really wants some you know something to happen with this franchise. Anything right now? Netflix is just constantly trying to find reasons of why they're going to be better than Disney Plus. Which <laughs> here's a hint: they probably aren't going to be. And they just try and do anything they can. Well, the one thing that they can do to set themselves apart from Disney Plus is adult-rated content. Because right now, the only thing that Disney Plus has for it right now is The Mandalorian. I really don't think that there's anything else that's really adult-rated, right? So you bring in a uh, a, a rated R-style 
um, uh, StarCraft series, you know, talking about the, the, the relationship of Kerrigan and Jim Rayner and the fall and then the overmind and, you know, the, the um, Tar- Tarkanis, I think is his name. Tarkanis? Ar- 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 I don't Arcanus. know. Ar- yeah, Arcanis. Ar- Ar- Arcanis or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. From, uh, from the Protoss. I mean, like, can you think of how badass fucking Zerg would look in a show like that? Just, like, eating space marines? I mean, like, holy. It would be amazing. And Netflix has recently shown that they like, or they're, they're really trying to bank on this adult content with The Witcher. So if you've seen the Witcher series, they've even came out and said that it's going to be more like a horror series in the in its Monster Hunter type of way than it is a fantasy series. So people who are expecting like really strong um, Game of Thrones vibes for the Witcher might be a little surprised when it's way more of a horror movie than anything else, like monster horror. So I'm really ex- excited to know that that would be a, a a smooth transition for them. If they can make a series like The Witcher work, which I think is supposed to be slated for seven seasons, they could make something like with StarCraft work amazingly. Just saying. So kind of going from that, I, I just don't know what Blizzard wants to do with StarCraft. Uh, I, I it, They just kind of... they The only thing they really mentioned about it was the, uh, the, the horrible death that happened... Um, last year i think with with in control right. and mm-hmm. they they mentioned it and it was a, a beautiful moment and i think you know, the, the way they did that was very like it like i i don't i didn't know who in control was but mm-hmm. when it was a very beautiful thing that they did and i think that was really really great for them yeah i don't think anybody's gonna fight with you on that one yeah. um so you know here's a and, and here's even a guy that was so passionate about about this stuff you know the the esports side of it just you know everything else like he was he, he was full on and you know we we obviously all feel that way about one blizzard property or another and we want these games to be amazing well just to just know that they have so much lore behind it so much work you know such a library of of amazing content behind it and we're just kind of not doing anything with, or we're just kind of canceling it without trying to fix it. Maybe they try to fix it. That's not really for me to say, but it just, from a viewer standpoint, from a, a, a customer standpoint, I feel like they're not doing enough with Starcraft. And it's been at least like seven or eight years, right? Since yeah. Wings of Liberty came out. I had not yeah, know exactly when, I, I, but it's been a bit. It's unfortunate. I think their, their big BlizzCon announcement was they added another uh, co-op hero. Yeah, and that was it. So I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, um, I think that pretty much wraps up BlizzCon. Except, um, I mean, if anyone cares, Hearthstone came out with a new game mode called Battle Royale, which is basically Hearthstone Auto Chess. I played it before this uh, this podcast recording, and uh, I'm a, it's it's actually pretty fun. It's not Battle Royale. It's, it's literally auto chess, like team fight tactics or the Dota Underlords. It's literally that just in card form. So if you want to check that out, go ahead. Super addicting. There, it's really hard, is though. There any, is there any animations to the cards or just like the cards like... Not really. It's just Hearthstone. It's the same as nothing. Yeah. It, it's I, a I'll, cool I'll concept. It's really cool. It's just... It's hard, though. I'll watch someone stream it before I play it. I'll, yeah. I'll, I guess I'll put that. It, but yeah, I think that does it for the BlizzCon part of it. <laughs> Even this podcast has been so long, we did talk about at least addressing some of the platform war stuff. But I, I think, think that, what might be best, because I don't know how, because I feel like that conversation could go just as long. 
That's true. So I think that'd be best if maybe we did like a another episode just strictly on that. I was really expecting this podcast to just be this one episode. All right. Yeah. Well, I guess we can do a second one. <laughs> yeah. All right. And I'm fine with that. Yeah. We can we can say that for next time. Mostly just because. And and again, we'll just quickly go over it. C- courage is that? A, is that how you yeah. Say his name? Courage went over to YouTube live streaming. Courage. I always called him. Courage. You know, yeah. Yeah. Um. He, you know, he went over to YouTube Gaming recently. We've had people like Shroud and and Gothelian. Is yeah. That how you say King Goth. Yeah. Yep. King Goth went um over to Mixer. Obviously, Twitch is kind of shitting themselves, not knowing exactly what they're going to do about it. There's a whole lot of uh, debate on. What's it, it's right, honestly, what's wrong. it's just uh, honestly so great in my opinion. Yeah. Like so, I'm, I'm so happy to see these streamers go to different platforms and they still succeed. Exactly. It's just proof, which everyone knew. The concept was there. Everybody knew. But this is just proof that, well, I guess this is only proof if you're a really, really, really massive streamer. It might not be the same if you're, like, a mid-tier streamer or whatever. But, you know, it's good to see that this whole live stream market and these influencers are not just tied down to Twitch. And I, I definitely have some strong opinions on that. Oh, yeah, especially we're, you, we're, you work with we're, you know. We are definitely going to use this as a massive teaser. So if you are a brave <laughs> soul who actually lasted through this hour and half or whatever podcast god bless you for one two tune in next time because we're going to talk the, the shit out of co- these uh platform wars for sure thank you guys for listening we do have a twitter it'll be linked on this if you guys want to shout out your opinions about blizzcon what you thought or whatever feel free to contact us in either methods of medium whether it be twitter our individual twitters are also linked up the youtube channel all this stuff will be uploaded so comment down or whatever you want to do. Just any because we love to hear from the listeners as well. Because the whole concept yeah. of this podcast is supposed to be a couch potato conversation. So I would love to hear it. I know Sky would do. So um, yes, yeah. yes, definitely give us your feedback. Obviously, it's our first episode. We yeah, tell us how shitty we are. Little, you know, whatever. We probably need to make it a little shorter, knowing <laughs> you know just how it went. Obviously, we knew it was going to go over, but um, our aim was like fifty minutes, and then I realized that that's not going to happen. Yeah, I think it's still fine, but we'll see. Let us know what you think. If you have any strong feedback or constructive constructive criticism, or if you just want to call shitters, definitely let us know. Yes, I'll be sure to ignore those comments. Thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll see you guys in the next one.